Thanks for tuning in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast, your place for education and happenings for all things craft beverage. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner. I hope you obtained some value from our show because, as you know, far better it is to Beer Mighty Things. Cheers. Welcome in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. Today, we are diving into some education for you listeners. A good friend of mine for now, I don't know, roughly six years or so, a strong supporter of the Brewers of Pennsylvania Guild. He's got over 30 years experience in lending, is the VP Relationship Manager at Univest Bank. Welcome in, Ray Babbitt. Ray, how are you? Hey, good, Kyle. How are you? I am well. Thanks for taking the time this morning. I think uh, we got some good stuff here for the listeners. What do you think? Absolutely. Always, always good stuff talking about uh, the Brewers Association. Absolutely. Yeah, Ray's been a big member, big supporter. Um, I've shared a hotel room with Ray. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do when we're on these, uh, these trips. So, Ray, you've, you've worked with a number of breweries and, uh, you know, kind of I've used you as a consultant, bounced some ideas off of here and there. And, um, you know, I know it's a topic that comes up a lot, whether you're starting a brewery, whether you are an existing brewery or distillery or any craft beverage company or really just any business looking for a loan. So what I wanted to get into today was kind of, you know, we'll start up high level and then drill down if you don't mind. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a craft brewing company. I am a startup, you know, and I'm looking for a loan. So, you know, I know there's an SBA loan option out there. There's a conventional. Can you talk about kind of what these are, who they're for, you know, what's the process? How do we start here? Yeah. So when, you know, when I go out and talk to the brewers, distillers, um, anybody in the, in the industry, you know, really want to find out, you know, what got them in the industry first, you know, what got them into, you know, brewing beer, you know, what's their passion. Hmm. Uh, you know, kind of want to paint a picture of, you know, for the banker, you know, what are they doing? Why do they want to get into the business? So if they're a startup, obviously, we're going to be looking at, um, you know, an SBA loan, which would be a 7A or a 504, uh, working capital, real estate uh, needs, and, you know, how long they're looking for. So when we're talking about uh, startups specifically, where are they getting their capital? If I, so yes, there's a bank loan. Let's talk about their liquidity. Do they have liquidity? Uh, meaning, uh, do they have cash in the bank that they can use for um, startup costs and put in basically putting skin in the game is what yeah. we're talking about. So um, that's what a bank is going to look for, that skin in the game. And that's all an SBA loan is, is the guarantee uh, from a bank, uh, from the SBA to the bank itself uh, in case there is a default. So, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk about a 7A loan. 7A loans... Uh, typically are for working capital, equipment costs, startup, uh, looking at um, a couple types of 70s, express lines, uh, uh, starting about 150000 and all the way up to about uh, $5 million, right? Um, okay. So it really depends on what you're looking for. Terms, seven years, 10 years. You can do real estate up to 25 years with some banks that are out there, uh, some of the larger ones specifically, but uh, some of the larger banks – you're going to walk away from uh, breweries, yeah. uh, especially on the startups. Smaller banks, absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a manufacturing business uh, when you look at it. Mm-hmm. So manufacturing, uh, it's bread and butter. Yeah. Um, you know, 
to the industry. So absolutely. Interesting. So when we're talking 7A, is that like tax code? Is that, what, what does that mean? It's just the type of, it's the SBA's term for the specific type of loan. Okay. And typically yeah. seven to 10 years, is there a, you know, a typical rate that you see when it comes to a SBA versus a conventional or? Yeah. So a 7A loan, you can do, do variable or fixed rates for 7A. 504, uh, maximum is 10 years and that's fixed. Is there any benefit to having a variable? In today's rate environment, uh, it, it could be valuable for you. I mean, the rates are so low right now, you could just you know, keep that variable rate. Um, but some people do like to fix it and just have that um, fixed payment every month. So it's, it's 2020 right now. So say the variable might come in handy if I got a seven-year loan three years ago, variable that my rate could have gone down. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. And then on the flip side, right, you take that risk of it potentially going up. Going up. Absolutely. Okay. And then fixed, obviously, would be the same amount monthly, quarter. How often do they pay these loans back? Uh, monthly. Okay. Yeah. Principal and interest monthly. Okay. And then so, you know, that's for a startup. They're, they're a little limited on their options. And, you know, when we're looking, you, you mentioned liquidity. And this is liquidity of the owners or, you know, tell me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at liquidity of the owners and or the investors. So when I'm looking at a deal, I want to find out who the owners are. Are they 50-50? Is it just one person? Is it two people? Um, is it split down? Does anybody have ownership 20% or more? So typically when we're looking at ownership, if they have 25, 20% or 25% or more um, in ownership, you know, we're going to be looking at those individuals for guarantees and to put skin in the game. Now, what are you looking at? Are you looking at their, you know, their resume, their location, their business plan? Looking at, we're looking at the business plan. Absolutely. Looking at where they're looking to go. Uh, you know, what they're trying to do again, are they going to be a brew pub? Are they going to be a tap room? Are they production only? You know, what, what what's the uh, business going to be looking like? Going to go for a basis looking at the resume. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what do they do full time now? You know, are they going to be, are they going to work in the brewery part time? They're going to work full time. Uh, you know, what, what's their um, game plan? Because, you know, what's the source of repayment for that loan? Obviously it's a startup. It's going to take some time to, to build uh, sales. So how are they going to pay the bills? How are they going to pay back that loan? You know, what's that source of uh, repayment? Um, and then as far as liquidity, again, with the owner and the uh, investors, we're going to look at their personal financials. You know, okay. What do they have in the bank that can help support another uh, source of liquidity? What's going to help them repay that loan? You know, do they have savings accounts? Do they have um, investments that are out there? Uh, we're not looking at 401ks. We, you cannot look at a 401k at all for liquidity. Is that uh, is that? It's not legal or? Well, what? no, it's, it's, it's retirement funds. You can't tap retirement funds. So you're, until you're 59 and a half, at yep. least, you know? Okay. Exactly. So 10% penalty. For all you listeners out there, that's a 10% penalty if you <laughs> make you all before 59 and a half. I have my Series 6 and 65 and 63 <laughs> for a very long time, and uh, I didn't enjoy it. That's why I left that business, but I do have my <laughs> licenses and spent eight years doing that. Um, don't touch your money. Um, okay. So we don't look at 401ks. Is there some sort of like, you know, when you're looking at this, do they have to give some personal guarantee, you know, against their, their home or their mortgage or 
their other assets? So yes, the SBA does look at uh, potentially using uh, real estate um, as collateral. Okay. Um, absolutely. So if, if collateral is, is available, the SBA will take it as far as a home or any other type of real estate. All right. And then you mentioned kind of the business plan, right? If we're talking production only and we're packaging and going out the door um, versus, you know, no packaging, you know, and, and tasting room only, and then you have a brew pub with a kitchen. You know, when you're looking at these different business models, why does, why does that matter to you? Well, think about you know, food service in kitchens. Um, that is an inherent risk, uh, more so than just the tap room or production. Is that due to like their margins on the food? And <clears throat> Well, it's just due to the restaurant risk, uh, food risk. So, you know, most banks stay away from lending to restaurants uh, or the food industry in general. Uh, that serve food. So is that sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that would be, I don't know, the level, the high percentage rate of failure within the first three to five years? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that, so that's an inherent risk. Uh, you know, when I'm talking to uh, the brewers and, you know, trying to understand what they're looking for, I find that the brewers that have a, a very limited menu uh, you know, hot dogs, nachos, that type of thing, or pizza in there. Um, they seem to be doing well, and I'm more likely to lend to those because it's a small kitchen. They're focused on what they got to the business to do in the first place. That's yeah. brewing beer, right? Keep the main thing, the main thing, right? You know what? That that's their passion. It is brewing the beer. I mean, yes, I understand you want to bring people in, uh, but you know, quite honestly, um, you know, it's it's that food aspect that brings a lot of inherent risk. Interesting. And, you know, the, the other thing, you know, that I guess play a little devil's advocate would be that a brewery, you know, that offers food and becomes a brew pub, the folks who come to drink a beer there and can order food may stay longer and drink more beer. Correct. I mean, I found that, you know, some of the breweries out there, they have uh, food trucks, Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming to their locations. Um, There's a number in the area that do. They're doing very well because those food trucks are bringing in the business. And people flock and find that if they like a food truck and it's at a, one brewery this week and another brewery the following week, they're going to follow that, that um, food truck to that brewery because, yeah. you know, it's, it allows those other breweries to have access to you know, that type of um, food and or just service. Yeah, you know, so can, I guess – Enjoy the beer and food, and, and you're right, to your point, stay a while, stay a bit longer. And then, so yeah, when, you're, when we're looking at it that way, it's all right, the brewery is going to have people stay longer, but you as the lender don't have that restaurant risk. Correct. It's almost like a benefit. So do you look at them and say, hey, you're, you're a tap room and you have food trucks. Are you more willing to lend to them if they're using that model? I am. I mean, that's just because it's, again, it's production only. Yeah. <clears throat> It's production only, and I mean, think about it. If they're if they're diversifying and bringing a food truck in, that's drawing clients for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. That's drawing in business. The more business you draw in, the better the cash flow, uh, the better the source of repayment. Hmm. And okay, so that makes sense. What are my options if I'm a restaurant and I want to get a loan? 
what are your options? So, I mean, strong balance sheet, strong liquidity, I assume. Strong balance sheet, strong liquidity. Um, because, because of that inherent risk, you need to have a very strong personal balance sheet um, going forward. Okay. And the, the amount that the bank is willing to lend, especially on the SBA side, might not be um, as much as you would want. So again, you need to put more skin in the game. Yeah. Okay. And all right, so we talked about 7A. What is a 504? So 504 is a more uh, fixed. Uh, is that still under the SBA? <clears throat> it's still under the SBA. Okay. And I was going to, I was hoping to pull something up a week uh, on this call, but um, I wasn't able to. But, you know, pretty much a, a, a 504, uh, it's fixed. You can go maximum size about 5 million. Most breweries don't really need 5 million. It's, I mean, right. breweries that I've looked at, between one hundred fifty to three hundred fifty thousand dollars is really, and that's more on how large is that uh, brewer going to be? Are they doing a seven barrel? They're doing a fifteen barrel? Yeah. Or, or are they, you know, further down the line, three or four years into the business, and you know they're expanding into a full fledged tap room with yeah. uh, you know eighty barrel tanks or larger. Yeah. Are you hesitant when someone comes to you with a business plan that says, "Hey, I got a one one or two barrel system." Not necessarily hesitant. Uh, it's for that type of system. You know, they're not looking for a, a larger loan, so they may be able to get a, get away with a home equity loan. To be honest with you, hmm. uh, take the take the uh, equity out of your home and, and start it that way. It's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and when you say cheaper, that's like uh, you know, as far as repaying it back. Well, cheaper meaning uh, you're not paying commercial lending. Uh, closing costs or SBA fees. So remember, there is a, depending on where you go, <clears throat> excuse me, a two to three percent SBA loan fee. Okay. Okay. So that is built into that that loan that dollar amount. So it's based on that dollar amount <clears throat> of the fee. And probably, you know, on that home equity loan, is it you know those closing costs aren't included probably because you've already paid those when you closed on your home. Right. So if you have a, exactly, there's no fees at all. You're just taking that. You've already taken the equity out of your house. You've got a home equity line of credit. You're just tapping into that and you're just paying the interest and or principal back on the home equity. On the commercial loan, you have a commercial fee by the bank that they're going to charge you at least a one to one and a half percent fee on top of that SBA fee as well. So you could be all in on a, Hundred thousand dollar loan, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars on a fee. Yeah, and that's you know typically unaccounted for and might be a surprise to them. It, it, it can be, yes. Okay, and what are the rates tied to? Is that the prime rate um, or what? The rates are tied to prime and or the treasury uh, T bills out there right now. But typically, in this low rate environment, I'd stick with prime. Okay, you know, prime's pretty low right now on the on the on the variable, on the fixed. I mean, you're still looking at rates out there, especially on the real estate side, in the uh, in the threes, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard there's, you know, my home is pretty low, but I'm considering refinancing again because uh, what the hell? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Okay, absolutely. So, say I am a brewery in you know year two or three. Am I still eligible for an SBA loan? Is there like a time frame for an SBA, or is that just year one? 
no, no, there's, there, there, you can still get, you can get any company can get an SBA loan at any time. Okay. So I'm a 30 year old business. I can get an SBA loan. Yes. Would I get an SBA loan if I was 10 to 30 years old? I'm going to expand. I'm going to hire. I'm going to build a new location. It depends on what you're doing. Okay. All right. So let's say you uh, want to get an SBA loan to, to purchase a building, right? Yeah. Yeah. Typically, conventional loans with banks to buy a building, maximum term is 10 years on a conventional loan. Okay. The amortization could be 15, 20 years, maybe 25. So in 10 years, you're going to, that loan matures and you have to refi that loan again, right? For on the conventional side, on the SBA side, you can get a fixed term for 20, 25 years fixed. Okay. And that's it. I mean, you're paid, it's not paid off within 20 years, paid off within 25 years. Yeah. You don't have to refi it. The rate might be somewhat higher, maybe a half point, maybe a point higher. But other than that, it's, you know, for a 20 year old business that may want that longer term. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Especially when the rates are so low right now. And what is the outlook on rates in the next three to five years? Do we know, or do we even know the next six months? It's hard to say. And it's hard to say. I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball because you know rates were starting. <laughs> rates right before the pandemic were actually starting to go up a little bit. Right. And so now they drop. The, they, and now they, they drop. Evaluate quarterly or what? The Fed always meets quarterly, but I don't expect rates to be going up um, anytime soon. It's going. It's going to take uh, at least a year, two years, for us to get back out of this uh, crisis of the economy and get people's jobs back and move forward. But um, I'd say, you know, if you can fix something right now, do it. Huh. And I would assume, I know, you know, rates probably aren't going up, but they may not be dropping any further. They're pretty low. So, I mean, you know, potentially just. They're pretty low. I don't, I don't have the opportunity to stay put. You know, they can yeah. stay put for a period. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, that helps. Now, how does this. SBA differ from the conventional loan. Um, again, so we just, I guess maybe we just hit on that. Um, but in terms of length and rates or just different situations. Really? So remember, it really comes down to um, you know, conventional loans for banks, real estate wise. Again, it's three, three years, five years, maximum of 10 years. Okay. okay. SBA again, max term, you can go 20, 25 years. That's on real estate. As far as uh, 504, the max term is 10 years. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's, um, you know, that's what you're looking at. And that's fixed. Seven A's, uh, max terms could be a little bit longer, could be a little bit shorter. It really depends on what you're looking for. It's variable and fixed. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, there's more stipulations for, on the SBA side, than, uh, but you know, it really depends on what the need is and conventional. I mean, if you're a strong business, you may not need a seven a uh, loan. You really, I mean, you can probably get a line of credit um, because of the strength of that business. If you're in, I mean, if you're out there three, five years, 10 years into the business, you've got a pretty good balance sheet. You know, a traditional bank loan is what you're going to be getting. Okay. I mean, I could offer an SBA, but you may not need it. Because again, the, the SBA fee is out there. 
And yeah. some of the brewers aren't going to want to pay an SBA fee because they're already more established. Right. Okay. Does it matter what kind of entity I am? If I'm an LLC or C Corp, S Corp? Um, no. No? No, that's, that's more on a... So the entity factor is more on uh, for tax purposes and liability purposes. Um, and that's, you know, that the CPA um, is going to, you know, work with that business and talk, you know, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Yeah. Typically you're going to have an LLC if you're uh, buying real estate. Right. All right. You're forming that LLC and that's what I would recommend that. Uh, but as far as a um, brewery itself, it's usually an S corp or you know, corporation. Okay. Do you see anything? So say like, I'm going to start a brewery. I'm going to buy a building in XYZ real estate LLC. And then I'm going to do XYZ brewery LLC and be a tenant. Do you care about that? Is there any, I know there's, you know, that's what I recommend as far as separating liability and that's good from a tax standpoint, but does that matter to you? Um, it, it does matter just because, you know, we're going to want, most likely both entities, if there's similar ownership, you might have both entities on as uh, guarantors. You know, obviously the, okay. the real estate, the real estate LLC is going to be the borrower, but the guarantor could also be the brewery LLC as well as the real estate LLC. Makes sense. All right. And then the common loan that you see, right? Length, mm-hmm. uh, amount that you lend. Do you have like a kind of like a cookie cutter Hey, this is what we're going to give you. Uh, this, or, or is it is it varied by case? It varies by case. It really does. Uh, again, it's we look at we factor in the risk, we factor in the liquidity. Uh, what's the loan uh, used for? What's the source of repayment? So, are we looking at just the equipment? Are we looking at fit out costs? Are we looking at um, you know obviously purchasing the real estate? So, what's the loan for? Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it, it, it could really vary. And then again, how much is the guarantor putting into the business? What is a common mistake that people make when uh, approaching a lender or you know coming up to the table and saying, "Hey, I need to, I need a loan." Like what? What happens? What causes what causes people to not get a loan besides liquidity? Well, they they, they think uh, you know a bank is just going to lend them money, so. They need to have a, again, um, expectations, expectations, right. So talk to their CPA, have previous, have conversations with a, with a lender or just in general, just to say, okay, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'm looking at doing. This is what I have. What are your thoughts? And then, you know, six months, eight months out, you can brainstorm and start preparing for, um, you know, that loan, that need. So, you know, Put a personal financial statement together with your CPA, or if you don't have one, um, you know, I would suggest finding one yeah. and, you know, take a look at your balance sheet, your personal balance sheet, your liquidity, your, your debts that are out there, you know, can you support that loan is what we're going to be looking at. And if you have investors, you know, what's their skin in the game? Are they providing you with X amount of dollars and you're only getting maybe one or 2% ownership away? Okay that's fine. Um, because again, if that investor has at least 20% um, in interest in the business, then we're going to look to them to, to personally guarantee. And that, that could be an issue with some of those investors. 
Have you ever, you know, come across a situation where everything looks good and you have, but you have a number of investors and then there's a red flag, say with like one of the investors, you know, like, I'm sorry, guys, we can't do this, you know, or is there, you know, I know with getting say like a brewery license, right. You can't also own a restaurant. So is there any kind of nuance in there that, you know, somebody may not be aware of that could, you know, they might disqualify them. If, if one of the investors isn't willing to, to guarantee, but they have enough other investors that we can feel comfortable with, then, you know, obviously we might be able to waive that need. Okay. Uh, so again, everything is case by case and it's all Good. based on the risk. Yeah. It's not just in a box. I mean, you guys do think outside of that box a little bit and, you know, it's all a bet, right? We're betting that. Exactly. I mean, there are institutions, financial institutions out there that, yeah, they do have that box that you have to fit in. Uh, and that's you know some of the larger institutions that are out there, some of the smaller ones, some of the community banks, some of the regional banks, you know, they're going to have more localized lending and they have more flexibility. Um, they're willing to take that inherent risk. Uh, but again, if they're going to take that inherent risk, your rate might be a little higher. Okay. Okay. Especially for a startup. I mean, your rates obviously going to be, it's not going to be the, the lowest rate out there because you know, those low rates are for your prime, uh, you know, prospects or clients that have a great balance sheet that have liquidity that have, um, been in the business for years. Yeah. What happens if I don't repay my loan? I default, I go out of business. What do I do? So obviously there's a process, uh, and hopefully your lender that you're working with, uh, is talking to you, you know, monthly, quarterly, annually about how you're doing. And if you do default, Obviously, the SBA, if it's an SBA loan, guarantees a certain percentage of that loan back to the bank. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, if you default, you go into what's called a uh, workout uh, area of the bank. And you know, the payments could be deferred until you get back on your feet. Your payments could be interest only. Your payments could be reduced uh, for a period of time until things start uh, you know, getting better. So, you know, there, there's a couple of different things that, uh, you know, can work out. And then obviously, you know, if, if we need to, you know, take it to auction. Okay. Okay. That's, that's worst case scenario. Um, and if you have a very good lender, uh, as your, um, banker, you know, they're going to be understanding what the, what's going on pretty right. quickly. Right. So, I mean, the three main people you want to have in your pocket, your CPA, your banker, and your uh, attorney. Those are your three confidants in the business. And all four of you should be working together to make sure things are going well. Because the CPA should understand that what a bank looks for in terms of balance sheets. Yes, you know, there's a, you're trying to, relieve tax at the end of the year, but you also have to show that your business is making money and the money's going back into the business um, to increase that uh, equity in the business. Keep that balance strong. Right. I'll also throw in there that you sh in, in, in along with those trusted advisors, you should have your insurance agent in, <laughs> in there because when you apply for a loan, you have to put a policy in place that is equal or greater than the amount of that loan that says that, hey, if there's a total loss to this property, the insurance is adequate to pay that loan back for you. That's absolutely correct. And 
my apologies for forgetting the uh <laughs> always, that's what happens man we get no love dude <laughs> nobody likes the insurance guy but no uh, but you're absolutely correct i mean insurance is a big part um and i know in the beer industry um, or the beverage industry for that matter um you know something happens to a, a you know a batch of beer yep you know what happens um you know that, recently, that that's we recently wrote a check for sixteen thousand dollars <laughs> Uh, for one batch of a hazy double IPA that, you know, it went screwy in the, uh, in the mash tun and through the fermenting process. And we cut a check for 16 grand. Otherwise the, uh, the client was going to be, uh, you know, up a Creek without a paddle. So Mm -hmm. it's important. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why the guilds are important. That's why you and I get to work together. And, um, you know, we have such a great guild in PA and I can't thank the folks enough for, you know, who are, who are in charge of that. And, you know, as we know, it went from what, like eight breweries to, you know, 250 in the guild or something like even mm-hmm. more. So and growing. Yeah. And you guys, that's, that's so important for everybody. Just, you know, I typically speak with a lot of uh, real estate agents and the CPAs and the lenders and um, the attorneys, and we all work together as a team, right? You know, think of us as a team, you know, and that's what I love about, you know, our relationship, Ray, is that I know that, you know, I can refer somebody over to you, introduce them, and you know the industry and you know what you're talking about. Um, and uh, that's why, you know, I always think it's important to niche, right? Right. Especially, you know, you don't know what you don't know if you don't niche. Exactly. I mean, in the industry is so such a close-knit um, association, especially in Pennsylvania. Um, you yep. know, it's, you know, when we see everybody or these brewers and or the associate members at, at the events, um, it's camaraderie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's family. You're not, yeah, it is. It really is. And, you, you know, you, you broaden that scope uh, with every touch. Now, and to that point, you know, what I've learned in seven years of insuring breweries and distilleries is that everybody knows each other. It's a very small world. And, you know, I will always say, and I I could get this tattooed on me because I repeat it a lot, but you know, good news travels, bad news travels way faster and you can absolutely, you know, ruin your um, reputation very quickly. So that's why I always, and I know you do strive to do your best for every client or if they're not a good fit and I can't do good for you, I'll refer you to somebody else who, who is maybe a better fit, you know? Exactly. You know, exactly. Is there a is there a problem when someone goes to like five different lenders for the same loan? You know, is that flooding the market? Is that? Yeah, it's, it's not flooding the market. It's. It, I mean, obviously, I would suggest shopping around. Okay. Okay. How many? But three. Five. I'd say I'd say two to three lenders to see. You know, but again, it could, in my business, it comes down to relationship. So. <laughs> you can go to a bank and get a, a cheap low rate. Right. Yep. And I, and I get it. It's a, it's a lower rate, but are you getting a relationship out of it? Because as a business, you know, are you just a name? Are you just a number or do you want somebody to help grow with you? Yep. And, and that's what I said. So that's, that's why I've been always so successful is, you know, I put myself out there. I want to paint. I want to understand. I want you to paint me a picture of your business model, paint me a picture of what you're doing and let's work together. And I'm just, you know, just like, uh, you know, what you do on your side, um, it's all about relationships. Yep. So, you know, going, moving forward. Um, yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want my client to be a number, you know, 
I want to know what they do on the weekends. I want to understand. I want to, I want to, you know, it's that, that initial conversation yep. that, that, that you can do. I mean, it's, well, and that's why in the beginning of that, you know, you're interviewing them essentially. Right. And, and that's what I do with my potential clients is, you know, where are you going to be in five years? What's your plan? Because if this is just a one year, you know, test project and it's not, you're not passionate about it and you're not going to make it the, the, the number one thing, then, you know, I'm probably not a good fit for you. No, right. I mean, and it's also, right. I mean, I've had, I've had a brewery that came to me and said, I, I need more money. I want to expand. And I said, great. What are you looking to do? Uh, well, I want to expand into a larger location, you know, and, uh, bring in food. And I said, okay, well, let's talk more about that. I mean, you're doing food where you're at now. Um, I understand you need more capacity, but do you really want to be a brew pub, you know, full fledged brew pub? And, you know, that might take away from what you're doing now. Well, guess what? A year and a half later, that brewery and they expanded and uh, has since closed. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about the brew pub, we bring in a kitchen, that kitchen. So not only do you have expensive brewing equipment, now you have expensive kitchen <clears throat> equipment. Um, and that's you're digging a deep hole that that is tough to, to get out of, and especially with, you know, margins <clears throat> on food are like 10 percent. Exactly. So it's, it's the, it's the brew pub aspect. You're bringing in more staff. There's a staff aspect of it. Um, the breweries that I, I have seen that are very successful grow systematically. Yeah. They're not jumping, jumping right back in, you know, right into a brew pub from a small micro into a brew pub. Um, you know, they're, they're growing, you know, steadily. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the plan, right? Yeah. Hmm. It's all about that plan, you know, paint that picture and your lender, your CPA, your attorney and your insurance agent, you know, should all be there giving the advice of, you know, don't be afraid to say, this isn't going to work for you. You know, you, yeah. someone's need, someone also needs to say, Hey, um, you may want to think about X, Y, and Z. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, owners, you know, want to expand. I get it, but someone has to put that, um, that thought in their head that, Hey, you know, let, let's take a step back. Um, there's a lot of risk there. Yeah. As much as I want to help you grow, I also want to make sure you're doing it the right way. All right, cool. Well, awesome. Right. Um, when we're, you know, applying for this loan, we have to fill out some paperwork. Is there a number of documents we got to bring? What is that process like? Is it, is it difficult? No, it's not difficult. I mean, you're going to be looking at a personal financial statement that the bank should provide uh, wherever you're going. Um, you're going to provide tax returns, last three years worth of tax returns. Okay. Um, personal and business. If you're a startup, it's just personal. Um, but if you've been in business for a number of years, tax returns. Uh, and if I haven't, three, if my, if my tax returns aren't completed for the current year, you're still using the last three prior. Still using the last three prior. <clears throat> if you are using a QuickBooks, uh, solution, um, or ERP system, uh, then we're going to want to look at your QuickBooks, um, P and L's balance sheet and P and L. Okay. Um, your CPA, if they provided you with, um, financials here, then we're gonna look at those as well. Okay. I mean, the tax returns are good, but if a CPA is preparing, uh, 
year in financials for you? I mean, obviously we're not looking at reviewed or audited at this, at this stage. Um, if the brewery isn't, uh, um, that established. So, you know, QuickBooks, year ends, quarterlies, uh, interims, uh, but tax returns. Yes. And, and the, it really, it, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. And then your accounts receivable and your, uh, agings. You know, that's what we look for your APs. Uh, but you know, that, that's pretty much it. And once we get that, we review it or I review it. And I'll probably have some questions. And that's where we start digging into the numbers and understanding you know, where you have, uh, where you've been, where you're looking to go. Okay. And what are the areas that we can, you know, need, may need to work on, you know, look, look at the expenses. Yeah. Um, why are the expenses so high? You know, what, what, what's going on? So that, that's what we look at. And, you know, that's similar to how I work with my underwriters, right? Because, you know, you're working with underwriters on your side, essentially. Uh, you know, when I have a new brewery, existing brewery, or, you know, existing brewery has got claims. I have underwriters who are like, walk me through these claims. Why are they happening? What happened? What are they doing to prevent those moving forward? Because it's my job as the insurance producer here to paint a picture as to why that underwriter and that insurance company should provide an insurance contract to them with these coverages at this premium. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, to the listeners out there, you know, we want to create a story, right? Because we, we want to help you, but we also, and you know, we want to get you to where you want to be, but without having a story or being able to paint that picture, it can get, it can get hard. And, you know, a lot of times, people may want to kind of hide something, right? Um, is there anything that kind of in your world gets, gets hidden that eventually comes out and creates a problem? Well, I mean, it comes out into um, when we do searches. Uh, do you have any uh, tax liens? Do you have any, anything that's going to come up that when you know, we're looking on the public, um, public searches, anything that's going to come up on you personally or the business? You know, don't, don't hide it. You know, tell us up front because if we, if we find it, it's going to be an aha. Then we have to come back to you and say, okay, what's this? Why did it happen? Okay. How'd you rectify it? Um, and do you have documentation that's been rectified? Because if you yeah. don't, if it has been rectified, that could be a problem. Understood. What if uh, you ever have a situation where somebody, all right, they're going to get a loan and they're either going to buy a property or be the tenant in a property and there's, say, like a lien on the property or some sort of issue that had nothing to do with them but, you know, can cause a problem for them? You see that? Well, that, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I really have, I haven't seen that come up uh, too often. It does happen. Yeah. That lien has to be satisfied at some point, um, whether it's going to be you, the person buying the building or uh, – you know, there's something has to be done as far as in between the purchaser and the, the buyer. Okay. To rectify it before we can lend. I'm going to give you a little bit of a loaded question here. So I'll say start to finish. What is the timeline when filling out the paperwork and then what causes delays and, and how long can those delays last? If you have all of your ducks in a row, all of your financials, um, everything is filled out, you could have a loan within 45 to 60 days. Okay. okay. That's, that's not real estate. Real estate takes a little while because in today's day and age, you need an uh, appraisal. 
an environmental review, um, you know, for that property. So that could be a little longer. The, the piece of it is, it's the questions. So if you don't have, you provide some financials, you don't, you don't provide everything that delays it. Mm. Okay. It really does. So, you know, the, the more communication you have with your lender, the better. And you know, the questions going back and forth, um, it's a faster process. Mm. It really is. Um, if you have a good balance sheet and liquidity, it's going to be a lot faster. If you don't, then yeah, obviously that banker is going to go to their underwriter and have more questions and come back to you with more questions. And that's going to delay it a little bit further. But, and again, real estate does take a lot longer to do just because you have to get the appraisal and appraisals right now can take, you know, four, six, eight weeks. Yeah. Inspections, appraisals, you know, I have, you know, clients who are moving into new properties and, you know, we can't get them inspected or they're doing it via FaceTime now, or, you know, even drones. So, you know, and that's, that's slowing the process down a little bit as well. It is. And then obviously you're re- getting um, your tax liens off that building. Like you mentioned earlier, um, title insurance, Mm. You know, things of that nature. I mean, that it takes time. So, I mean, just just knowing that your real estate takes time. Okay, we you know that it that's out there. But if you're getting an equipment loan, it's a much faster process. Mm. In terms of real estate, so say I'm working with you now. It's been a couple months, and we're working on the paperwork. And you know what? This property falls through. Now I need to find a new property. Is it as simple as just? changing the address on the application or is there more to it? It's more to it. Then we're going to have to go back to square one. I mean, you could be approved for a loan, but it's also going to be contingent on, you know, what's the new purchase price of that building. And then again, you have to do an environmental review uh, and get the, uh, the new uh, building appraised. And it does happen. I mean, buildings do fall through. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had clients who, you know, they're going into, this, this, is our, this is our location. This is where we're going to put our brew pub or brewery. And I had spoken with uh, Chris Linton on this and on an earlier mm-hmm. podcast on how to build a brewery. But I've, we've had clients where this is their property. I introduce them to Chris. Chris goes out there and says, this is not the property for you. These floors are not going to hold your tanks when they're full of beer. You can't be here. Or there's some sort of environmental problem. You know, so that again is it's why it's it's very important to get ahead of some of these things and, and think through, you know, what could happen, um, what might not happen, you know, best case and worst case scenarios. Right. Absolutely. I mean, quite honestly, you just uh, you said something that's very, very poignant. When you're going out to, you know, start your brewery, you know, you may not have that knowledge of the floors. Uh, can you put cement down? You know, what's underneath those floors? Do you have a basement? You know, wh- wh- what do you have? Um, you know, how are you going to be able to clean and sanitize the floors? Because you need to, you know, wash it down, right? Uh, is, yeah. How you can do the drainage. Um, so absolutely. Having, having you know, experts to help you with that up front absolutely is a must. Um, and, and again, you know, I've walked through buildings, and said the same thing. I mean, this is a perfect spot. This is a perfect spot. And I understand what you're trying to do. You got the drainage. It, it works. So um, n- having that knowledge already, being in the association for as long as you, know, you and I have, 
um, and seeing what works, what doesn't work, it's valuable um, because you go to a smaller bank as a brewer to look for a loan. These lenders may not understand what you do. Um, yeah. And what the needs are because it's a niche business. It really is. Yes. You're manufacturing, uh, but you're manufacturing beverages. Okay. And um, they may not understand what a fermenter is. Now, they may understand what the, what the boiler is going to do. And so, uh, you know, how the bottling machine works or the, or the canning machine, um, are they using a mobile canner? So, you know, it, it's having subject matter, ex, subject matter experts in your back pocket to help you. That's going to be valuable to your business. Absolutely. What happens if we have a loan agreement in place for 1.2 million and a few months down the road, you're like, wait, I actually need 1.5. How do I, am I able to increase that loan? Do I get a new loan for 300 grand? How does that work? Do you see that? <clears throat> Haven't seen it too often. You, it would be a brand new loan. Okay. Okay. So obviously loan. you already have a loan. You already have a loan agreement already in place for the 1.2. And if you need an additional 300,000, then yes, that's just going to be a separate loan. Is that harder to get that because it's a new loan and you're extending your, your arm out more, a little olive branch, or is it um, easier to get a loan because you already have one in place in a relationship? It's a little bit easier, but it could be more challenging because, you know, you may have already been overextended at 1.2. Right. So it's a leap of faith. I mean, what's that 300,000 going to do for you? you know, what, what's it for? You know, quite honestly. So again, goes back to that inherent risk. You yeah. know, what, what's, what's the need? What's the source of repayment? Um, you know, what, um, you know, paint that picture for me. Why do you need the 300? Do you have a specific, yeah. Do, is, do you have a specific ratio that is it called a ratio? It's like liquidity debt to equity ratio or something like that. Right. So when you're, when we're doing underwriting, okay, you want to have a, uh, Debt service coverage uh, of at least one point two five. So you've got, you've got a dollar and a quarter um, to pay at least a dollar and a quarter uh, to pay off that loan compared with all of your other um, debt that's out there. Because you got to count that quarter is essentially counting for the interest. Yep. Okay. Man, Ray, you know everything. <laughs> um, I'm learning a lot. This is great, and. You know, I'm learning a lot and I'm around this a lot. So, you know, for those folks who aren't around it a lot, hopefully they're learning a lot more. Um, what I've seen, and maybe the folks aren't aware, but say, all right, I need a $500,000 loan. I need a million dollar loan. A lot of times now the, ins uh, the, uh, the lenders are now requiring life insurance policies and Forbes as collateral. I've written a number of term life insurance policies for this. Do you require that? Is that an SBA thing? When does that happen? I do not require it. Um, if it's provided to us by the individual or the owner, um, we can take a look at it. It certainly uh, helps, uh, but I don't necessarily require it. Um, typically, you see that more for larger loans. Um, if you're talking, you know, five hundred thousand million dollar loans, I don't necessarily see it too much. But when you get up towards the you know, two point five, five million, ten million, that's when you're going to see the life insurance come out. Um, but also depends on, again, you know, the age of the owners. Yeah. Okay. Do they have? So, does that owner have? Um, 
succession planning. If they don't have succession planning, then yes, you're looking at the, the life insurance. Uh, but if they have succession planning, okay, well, let's take a look at who those individuals are that could come in, what, how long have they been in the, in the company or the business, and what they do now. Can they, if something happens to that owner, can they step right in and take, take, take control? So, you know, it really depends. Yeah. Yeah. We can have a little discussion then on, you know, key man life insurance and that That's, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for those folks out there, and the older you get, the more expensive your co- your costs are for insurance because the more likely it's going to pay out as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's 2% of term policies actually pay out um, in general because they're 20 or 30 years and you might get them at age 20 or 30. Um, eventually you then convert that into a permanent policy that goes till you're hundred. Some go to 120 now because we're living that long. So yeah. Yeah. So be aware. That's just another caveat that you might see. And, um, you know, your insurance agents out there can help you with that. Um, all right. What about like, you know, is it good to do some online research? Not to say like WebMD and diagnose your own deal, but are there some good resources out there that truly are helpful? Uh, SBA.org or .gov, I should say. Um, that gives you a lot more information about the SBA programs, the seven A's and the five Oh fours, uh, the Pennsylvania economic development, um, mm. That, that will help you because you can get some low interest loans uh, from the state of from the state. Yeah, from any state. Yeah. Yeah, well, from, right, from any state. So, yeah, your, lo- your local states, your local governments, your counties, uh, you know, they're looking to you know, bring business in. So, you could get a grant. You can get a low interest lo- loan, uh, not just from a bank. So, absolutely look at that. So, whether you're in New Jersey, whether you're in you know, uh, New England, Pennsylvania, yeah. You know, talk, do the research. And again, some of the smaller banks are more apt and uh, going to take the risk more than some of the larger banks are. Hmm. It really, it, it just depends because the larger banks, you know, you could be just a number. The smaller banks, no, they want the business. Um, I mean, I recently came from a large bank and, uh, you know, but I knew the business. Um, you know, we had a beverage um, division. So yeah. I, I had that in my back pocket for the larger brewers, smaller brewers. It was just me. Awesome. What do you think? Is there anything we haven't discussed that you would, do you think we should add? Uh, let's see here. Um, we talked about, are there any industries that are, it's, it's tougher to get a loan in than others. Industry wise. I mean, obviously, it's going to be your your restaurants, but um, no, I mean, a good industry, service industry, manufacturing. Um, you're, are you too hot? Um, the hot ones that are out there right now, uh, pharma. Okay. So, um, I mean, if I if I see a brewer that's got uh, some pharma background, yeah, that, that's fantastic. Just because you know they may have a knowledge of uh, biology, chemistry. Yeah, you know, a lot of them do. You know, they're all, and a lot of them do actually. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And a number of brewers are, you know, come from Merck or Pfizer or something like that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know we talked about um, getting a loan. We talked about time-saving tips, um, some of the mistakes when applying. Um, I mean, again, when you're applying to make it faster, have all of your information up front. You know, all your financials ready to go. Again, your tax returns, your personal financial statements. Um, you and there's, know, say, a checklist like that probably on the SBA website. So here's the things you need to have. 
there should there should be a checklist, but also you could have a. I mean, if you have a good relationship with a local lender, yeah, they're going to give you a checklist as well. Okay, okay, um, they're going to ask you for, uh, you know, if you've got investments, yeah, show me your investments. What do you have out there? Show me your investment statements. Okay. Do you care about life insurance policies that have cash values? Not? <sighs> not necessarily. Because no. I know, like, when it comes to like you know tuition for college, right? That's a way that, you know, those aren't counted as as investments. You could have a million dollars of cash value in there and they don't count that and you can still get financial aid for your kids. So, yeah, it's now, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at liquidity as far as your uh, regular investments. Yep. Your, and again, not your 401k, but if you've got stocks yep. out there, and, yeah. yeah. Um, IRAs, not so much. Oh, yeah, it's it's still, 59 and a half still qualified. Yeah. Uh, but, if, but if you've got uh, marketable securities out there, absolutely. Don't be afraid. I mean, don't be afraid to use marketable securities as well as collateral. Yeah. Um, I say that because you can get a lower rate on marketable securities hmm. for that loan. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Very good. All right. This is great. I have a, a few uh, rapid fires for you if you're ready. Oh, uh, let's, let's bring it on. All right, man. Favorite game show. Favorite game show. Jeopardy. Favorite board game. Uh, favorite board game, Cards Against Humanity. Nice. <laughs> Card game. Yeah, that's a solid game. Um, hot or cold beverages? Cold. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> has to say beer or spirits. Yeah, beer or spirits. Uh, right. Well, depends. Um, right. daytime definitely, uh, well, actually, it really depends. Uh, <laughs> depends, man. On a day like today, it's it's uh, we got rain. Um, I'm going beer, but if it's a hot sunny day, I'll start with some uh, gin, some nice. some vodka, and um, you know, finish the night with uh, a good glass of bourbon. Oh but um, you know, refreshing wise, oh, it's beer all the way. Yeah. If you're going gin, what kind of drink are you drinking? Is it just gin and tonic? Uh, gin and tonic, Bombay, Bombay yeah. or Tangerine Ten. Nice. All right. Uh, what is currently in your fridge? Got some free will. Got mm-hmm. some Mother Earth, Trogues, mm-hmm. uh, full gamut. I'm, uh, I've got a bottle of Mad Elf down there that I'm aging. Mm-hmm. Got uh, some Southern Tear that I'm aging, some pumpkin. Okay. So, yeah, I've got, I've got a full gamut of uh, stouts, uh, pills, and uh, a good plethora of beer. You're ready for, for no matter the weather, no matter the time of day. You always got to be ready. Got to be ready, just like when you're applying for a loan. I love it. <laughs> awesome, Ray. Well, hey, you've been a great guest. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I hope the other folks did too. And, uh, you know, anytime you want to pop on, you have a new idea, something that's coming down the pike, we need to share and make people aware of, you know, let's, let's do that. So Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, for anybody out there, you know, I'm always a reference. Yeah. Um, if I can help you in any way, I'll be that point of reference. Um, you know, if, if you're out of state, Use me as a, a connection. Um, yep. You know, I'll, I'll I'll do my best to help you and, and uh, you know lead you in that, the right direction. Yeah, and you may have a, a counterpart more local to them. Exactly. Awesome, buddy. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, and uh, safe travels. And we'll talk to you soon, Kyle. As always, cheers, my friend. Cheers. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you find this valuable. Please follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. And while you're at Apple, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating. 
It helps us get noticed among the craft beverage community there. Thank you. Cheers and beer. Mighty things.